Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. We are wrapping up preparation for the Falcons game. It is a Sunday game at the Caesar Superdome, 12 o'clock. You can watch it on Fox. Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth, and Christina Pink will be on the call there. Christina Pink actually is our guest today. She started her career in Jackson, Mississippi, where she covered the Saints Super Bowl, that 2010 run, and then worked here in New Orleans at WGNO. Not only does she cover NFL for Fox, she covers the Clippers in the NBA. Let's bring Christina in now. Christina, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I appreciate it. I know you spent some time in New Orleans, and we're definitely going to get into that, but this is not your first Saints game this season either. No, I had you guys in Pittsburgh. I forget which week that was, Mm -hmm. probably about maybe like five, six weeks ago. Um, Obviously, they didn't come out on the winning side of that, but the injuries and all that stuff going in, especially, I I just remember... offensive line was so banged up Mm -hmm. it was just it was a struggle for them in that game and yet they were still in it you know um which has kind of been the story for this team all year right like the wins aren't there but they are consistently kind of you know competitive in games so whatever happens this Sunday I think no matter what I think it's still going to be um kind of a especially with both teams like a competitive kind of back and forth game and it's a division game so that's what you're going to see right and everybody it's, gets it, up for and this. it's the Falcons which exactly usually there's a lot more smack talk going on right now on social media it's it's not been as heavy as usual maybe because of where things are at in the division overall mm-hmm. both of the teams kind of had their struggles at different points this season but going into this specific matchup, what are some of the storylines that you're following? Well, I think regardless of whether or not like the smack talk is in there mm-hmm. on social media, at the end of the day, it's a division rival and there's still a chance. Yeah. I mean, the NFC South is the only division where nobody has really jumped out in front and said, we are going to win this one. You know, like you're leading the division with a losing record. So there's still a chance. And at the end of the day, that's what it all boils down to. Until you're technically eliminated, you still play to win. Play to win the game, you know, like that's going to be key. I mean, of course, the biggest story would be the Falcons starting a new quarterback. So, mm-hmm. you know, what does Desmond Ritter look like? There's a mystery there because in preparing on the Saints side of things, you're looking at college tape, you're looking yeah. at what he did in the preseason, but you don't really know until he's out there. So there's a mystery of like seeing this rookie. Obviously, he can run. He doesn't run like Mariota, but like he was obviously efficient in college and, you know, led a team to the, the college football playoffs. So I think that's the biggest thing is like, what is their offense going to look like? They are a run heavy offense. I, you know, I've had two Falcons games already this year. They love to run the football. Yeah. Is it going to be different with a different quarterback out there? Do they feel like they're going to be able to take more shots downfield? So I think the mystery of it makes it really intriguing on like what the Falcons side you're going to see. You mentioned the run game versus the pass game for them. I think that was the goal for head coach Arthur Smith and the Falcons. They wanted to 
you know, infuse their passing game a little bit and think that Ritter might be able to do that. So that will provide a different element than what we saw week one against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. That seems like such, I, I mean, that was so, a long time So long much ago. has changed. Two different quarterbacks, like the yeah. rosters have changed. That's so wild that, you know, in the through the course of a season, like you probably don't even like look at what that week one matchup. It's, it's insane how much these it's, two teams have changed it, since then. It is then. weird because some teams have faced each other within a span of three weeks. Yeah. And not much changes during that time. So it's really a true rematch. But in this instance, there's a lot that has changed in your preparation and what you've been able to do so far. What's kind of been the feeling and mentality of the Saints going into this game? Um, So obviously here at practice, I'll get to talk to some more of your guys coming out, you know, but we talked with Pete uh, Carmichael. We talked with, um, you know, head coach Dennis Allen. And at the end of the day, like, there's wins that were, you know, excuse me, losses that were there that you know Mm -hmm. this team kind of left some things on the table, right? So you still want to see the progression of guys. You want to see some, you know, consistency in the offense. And regardless of what people say about how the offense is performing, I mean, Andy Dalton statistically is still having one of his better seasons of his career. So can guys make plays around him? You know, the offensive line obviously much healthier now. And, you know, we'll see who's up. Um, on Sunday, but the fact that you were getting a guy like Eric McCoy back um, and seeing more health on the offensive line, I think is going to be important. Uh, but you got to get a run game going, yeah. right? Like at the end of the day, you can't be effective as a passer if you don't get a little something. You know, they both have to be complementary of each other. So I think being able to have both facets of your offense moving um, are going to be important. And, you know, this defense was so great for so long. I think you still there's still a lot of pride there, mm-hmm. right? So you want to be able to make plays. You it is again like I said the mystery of facing a, a rookie quarterback. Like you know, I just not from you guys because just from in the past talking to defenders when they know that they're facing a rookie, it's like uh huh, welcome to the NFL, yeah, young guy. Yeah. You know they, they want to be the first hit. Like exactly, yeah. they want to bring the house. They mm-hmm. want to come back out there and be like, okay, welcome to the NFL, right? So it'll be interesting to see the approach between these two teams it's also in the dome the mm-hmm. superdome has a gnarly atmosphere i love the for dome a rookie like ritter to come into that environment for his first start i mean you just said you love the dome what is it about it that's so unique there's just there's the energy i'm like i still love coming to games here and then you know right after a score here in the dump dump yeah like the energy in the superdome is special and everybody knows that it's always been like that and i don't care what the record is if you're facing the falcons saints fans are going to be ready and Mm -hmm. it's it's the sheer noise like it gets so loud in there that like there are times i remember like working games um like sideline and like i'm cranking my earpiece up Mm -hmm. because it's like Wait a second. And that only happens in like maybe two or three stadiums where like I'm it's it's overmodulated because it is so loud in the building and I'm like I have this turned all the way up and I still can't hear. Yeah. So imagine being a rookie coming in and your first game is a division rival and it's on the road and it's in the Superdome. You know, yeah. like <laughs> that's a lot. Um, so it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see the way he handle it, handles it. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, the energy inside of the Superdome. Yeah, you mentioned the stress that it is on you just trying to hear. Mm-hmm. You're the broadcast here, your producer. For him, he's got a lot that he's got to be channeling as well. 
How happy are you, though, that your game is indoors this weekend? Oh <laughs> the weather right now in the le- across the league, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, listen. So I am a girl who grew up in South Florida. I live in L.A., Um, you know, my family's from Jamaica. Nothing about me is built for cold weather. Like I, I am a warm weather girl through and through. So that has actually been one of the funniest things throughout my career is like my crew makes fun of me all the time. They're like, the first thing they say is in our group text is like, sorry, Christina. And we see the forecast coming in. Um, we've actually had, uh, five or six straight weeks of rain and cold. We were in, Pittsburgh, where I had that Saints Mm -hmm. game. We were in Denver after that. D.C., it was raining. Seattle last week, Chicago. So we've got a Dome game. I have another Dome game next week in Minnesota, and everyone's like, you're welcome. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So it, it is nice because once you hit the winter weather, it's like, let me pull out my coats. You learn how to layer. Uh, You learn how to – I've got all the devices, like heated vests, heated hand warmers, you know, electric vests. Like, I've got every contraption. I tried that once. And the battery didn't work, and oh, I never no. tried them again. So you got to give me your as soon as <laughs> your like, my feet, my toes get cold, like I'm that's done the for. worst. It's the ears yeah. and the toes. Mm-hmm. It's like you, once your fingers start, and I mean, I you can catch quack, frostbite with the quickness. So once your fingers <laughs> start to get cold, you're like, okay, hand warmer, hand warmer, and I mean. I sneak over and use the ones, you know, that the, the players sideline, have yeah. on the bench and I'll run over. And once I know it's getting close, I'm like, oh, hand warmers. But the hardest thing for me, which I, I'd love to hear what other people think, but like when I, I still like to write like yeah. all my notes during mm-hmm. the game. So when I'm wearing thick gloves, it's difficult for me to be able to write or if, you know, I don't want my hands to be cold. So using the hand warmers, like I've tried using the gloves, all the different stuff, but I still am like, no, it's not comfortable because I want to write, you know, I'm always writing what's happening. Yeah. No, that is a, getting notes. The, yeah. the difficulty, the nuance of having to like figure out the glove situation. <laughs> um, I, I still don't understand how players play when it's that cold like what, and don't wear long sleeves or anything like that I know they put the second skin on and everything but I I don't get it well there was an official a ref who told me was it last week or the week before and he's like you just he's like put on a wetsuit he's like the wetsuits that's what they do and I was like really I mean I have the refs yeah like one well I don't know if they all do it but it was just one who told me like he he put on like like the wetsuit underneath I've done you know like the thermal layers and stuff but I was like well maybe that's what I need to try If you do go out in a wetsuit, please send me a picture. Well, no, it would be layered, you know, sweater and all that over. But I thought that was really funny because I'm like, you know, because the, the most important thing with putting on like the thermal is it has to feel like second skin, right? Yeah. So it has to be super tight. So I'd never heard anyone say that before. They're like, oh, no, like I just put on like a wetsuit under uniforms. So I was like, wow. But the crazy thing is seeing guys like players come out in warmups and I've got on 17 layers and guys come out in shorts mm-hmm. and like cutoffs, you know, I'm, I'm like, wait, am I just weak or you guys have a different layer of toughness that I don't understand? I don't, <laughs> or if you yeah. play in it a lot, I guess you're used to it, but. I guess there's some element of that, but they are running around. There's more adrenaline probably for them. Yeah. I, I don't, I, it doesn't mean we're weak. I just don't <laughs> like the cold. And that's, I think that's acceptable. We do have some cold weather games coming up. We'll be in Cleveland mm-hmm. and in Philadelphia. So that's something that we'll address, you know, in a couple of weeks, really. It's not too far away. You started your career 
really covering the Saints mm-hmm. in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. You covered their Super Bowl run. What do you remember about that experience? That was awesome. My first TV job in Jackson, I was driving down. Um, I remember that playoff run. And the thing that sticks out to me the most – well, first, I mean, I was covering, like – I covered some of their training camp, like, at Millsap, you know, like, outside of Jackson when they were going up there for training camps. So I really feel like, you know, like, like legitimately started my career covering the Saints. Um, But the thing I'll never forget, probably even more memorable for me than covering, like, the actual Super Bowl, but – coming to the Dome for the NFC Championship. Now, that was the year they started the season, you know, 13-0. and 0, mm-hmm. And I remember telling our news director, okay, again, working in Jackson, and I knew the Super Bowl was in Miami. And I was like, okay, so if the Saints, you know, at this point, they're like 4-0, and 5-0, 6-0. And, and I was like, if the Saints go to the Super Bowl, just send me to Miami. I will stay at my parents' yeah. house. All you got to do is get me the plane ticket. Like, you know, and at this point, it's still early in the season, and you're thinking, like, this is a long shot, but – for me, being at the Superdome for the NFC Championship mm-hmm. and when Garrett Hartley booted in the game winner, that was the loudest I had ever heard the Superdome. For me, you know, I know there were like yeah. other games like yeah. when the Dome reopened. I wasn't at that one. So for me personally, being here in person for that game um, and being up in the press box, I was like, whoa, like this. Sh-. You know, one, I'm like. I'm covering the Super Bowl, yes, yeah. you know, but also just like the energy in the building. I mean, I like talking about it right now still gives me chills. Watching that from the press box in OT, like it was just there was nothing like it. Um, and then being down in Miami, well, one also it's cool for me now coming back because I remember like you know, just I still go to the dome even when I come back. You know, when I cover Clipper games, like. W- w- it's just nostalgia. Like I still have like, you know, some of the ushers mm-hmm. and some of the staff around the dome that remember me. And I'm like, it's been over 10 years. They're the best. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. Same thing when I, when I'm back, like, um, and it's been a couple of years since I've had a game here in New Orleans on the NBA side with the Clippers, but still the same thing. Like everybody remembers you mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it, it feels like a second home, honestly. Um, and so like back to that Super Bowl run, then like for me, um, being a South Florida girl, like yeah. born in Miami, I went back home basically to cover that Super Bowl. And as you know, like now they call it multimedia journalist. Back then it was referred to as like a one man band, but like the actual, um, my colleague was down there for Super Bowl week. Um, but I was by myself on Super Bowl Sunday wow. again, cause I was yeah. saving money because I was staying with my parents. Right. So they're like, we'll let Christina cover the game, you know? Yeah. And so I was down there, you know, and I remember like just running around on the field, trying to get all the celebration, you know, and I, I don't even remember if I had a tripod. I think I just handed someone my camera so I could shoot a stand up, you know, with yeah. like the confetti going. Um, it was, oh man, it was so awesome. I mean, I was all the way up in the auxiliary seats and yep. I will never forget that moment, but covering that was the first Super Bowl I ever covered um last year I was down it was really cool for me last year because Fox had this or not last year sorry three years ago Mm -hmm. the 2019 when the Chiefs uh Niners Super Bowl was down in Miami yeah um and I did some of the pregame coverage for Fox so be down there literally I think it was almost like 10 years between um covering two Super Bowls in Miami so I was telling people like the last time I was at a Super Bowl was when the Saints won it over the Colts and I was like way up there you know watching the game and I remember being down on the field running around like you know just trying to grab you know all the celebration and 
going to some of the post-game uh, pressers. It's just for a young reporter, again, and that was mm-hmm. my first job. It was awesome. It was awesome. And just for me, the reason I love sports is because I love those moments. Like I love like seeing guys who work their tail off, reach the pinnacle of your sport, winning a championship, seeing those celebrations. It doesn't care what sport it is. Like I love watching the podium celebrations and yeah. the emotion after games and seeing guys hug their family because um, you put so much work in behind the scenes and like we'll never know all of it you yeah. know like all the those 6 a.m's 4 a.m's where guys are pulling up into the stadium and then when they finally win it and it's so hard to get there and most guys only get to be there once you know what I mean like it's not rare for guys to get you know a lot of guys especially when they get there when they're young right the first thing they say was like man I won a Super Bowl I played in the Super Bowl like my first or second year in the league I thought I get to go out every year and then they never right and then they don't get to see it again so that's the like that's what makes it amazing like I just so to see that and you know see the Saints win it down there um was really cool and then Ended up getting a job here and yeah. then working in New Orleans. Yeah, you, know? you started working for WGNO. In yeah, New Orleans. and I actually remember putting like on my resume tape, you know, making my reel back when I was in Jackson. The first thing I think on my tape was that stand up at the Super Bowl with the confetti. confetti you know, I was like clearly, you know, not knowing I was going to be working here, but like when I made my reel, I remember putting that on there and. I just remember thinking how cool it was. Like, I'm on the field of Super Bowl and all the confetti. And I got, you know, I did it in one take because I was just like, I just handed my, I think I handed my camera to someone and I was just like, hey, can you record this? Um, and so then to end up working here in New Orleans and my next yeah. gig was like really, really, really awesome. It was early on in your career and you described some of the stuff that you had to <clears throat> deal with as a young reporter. Mm-hmm. But how much has your time in New Orleans help you where you are now? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was really my first time covering like major sports because mm-hmm. obviously in Jackson I covered a lot of high school football um yeah. I covered a ton of like you know doing like a lot of college which um was really fun but that you know and again when I was in Jackson I think we came down for maybe just the playoff run mm-hmm. and I think I came down for like a Pelicans um playoff game but I didn't you know we didn't drive down for every home game so it wasn't until I was in New Orleans where I got a chance to cover pro sports full-time you know like and it's just little things about learning the schedule like hey okay the quarterbacks you know going to talk to the media on Wednesdays like sitting in the press conferences you know and like sitting in Sean Payton's pressers you know and the funny thing was I was still so young, like, I just would sit in the press conference. I don't think I ever asked questions, you know? <laughs> I was just, like, they're taking all my notes, you know, getting everything done, running the sound bites later on in the sportscast. But I don't think I ever asked any questions, which is really funny because – Now that's what you do a down lot. Down the road, yeah. now that's all I do is I'm always thinking about what questions I'm going to ask. But when you're in your, like, early 20s and you're still pretty young and you've got all the beat writers in there and, like, you know, all the, you know, like, big guys, the sports guys that you're just, like – and, you know, I'm like the uh, – again, like I look at it now and you shouldn't feel intimidated, but yeah. I just remember being in the room like I legitimately think – I'm like, did I ever ask a question? <laughs> <laughs> like I was so shy, which is funny that people remember me because I was like, I was so shy back then. Like I didn't really ask anything. Um, and so it was it was pretty cool. And I mean, and now like Sean Payton's our teammate at Fox, yeah. you know. Um, but I remember back then like – barely like that's my one of my memories was being in like all the press conferences 
and like going to the games, you know, doing like Pelicans games and doing like live hits for, you know, either our five or our six show, sure. like early um, driving down. But like, I remember I'm like, today, I, I don't think like in those press conferences, it's like, I think I have a question. And then you think about it and you think about it. I'm like, is that a good question? Right, I don't know right. if I'm going to ask then, it, like, you know, the, the you moment know? passes and you're like, and oh, whatever. right. And then you miss the moment. So if there's any tips I can give out there to young reporters, it's like when you jump in, when you can, like when yeah. you think about it, just jump in because you don't want to lose your confidence. Cause sometimes you think about it and I'm like, Oh, I think I got a good question. You know, you want to follow up on something that the coach says. Yeah. And then someone asked the question and you want to think, of, you know, and then you just, you miss the moment to ask it. And you're like, Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, there's always, like, that awkward beat where everyone's like, okay, yes. who's next? Right. Who's going to ask the next question? Because you pause so and then – or you jump in early. That's happened to me a couple times where, like, someone is answering a question and they pause and you think they're done answering. Yeah. And then you start to jump in and they're not done. Right. And you're like, oh, shoot, I asked it too early. Oh, you kind of yeah. missed your moment. Because that's the one thing. You never want to cut off the guy who's right. talking. So there's just little things as a reporter that you, you know, you just get used to. But I just remember back then being in those pressers and, um, you know, just it was just it was cool for me to be able to, mm-hmm. cut, you know, because I grew up loving pro sports. So to, that my first opportunity to like full time cover major sports was here in New Orleans. So it was great. Yeah. You mentioned Coach Payton. Does he remember you from those days so it's funny I don't think I've ever specifically asked him that um but it's funny because I have had now 10 this is my 11th season doing sideline for Fox so I think maybe like a few years back or like maybe in my early Mm -hmm. career um like like after a production meeting I think I remember him saying something like oh yeah and you're in New Orleans and I was like he remembered me but like I don't think I stuff he he remembers everybody You know, and it's really, it's really, really cool. Um, but I don't think I was like, since he's been at Fox, I've ever brought it up. But I'm, I know he does. You know, I yeah. know he does because he, I, I think he said something to me once. Um, and I just thought it was really cool because, again, I was like, I don't think I ever asked a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, he's the kind of person that wants to know everything. Yeah. You know, so he wanted to know everybody that's in the room and he oh, does he his research great. too. He yeah. was great, man. I loved being in production meetings with him or on like conference calls, um, production calls. Um, cause he's so honest, you yeah. know, and he tells you everything and, um, it was just always great cause you never wanted to like let him out of the room or you never wanted to like let him off the call or out of the room in the meeting. Cause he, he, you know, he's like very honest and very aware and he understands our job, you know, mm-hmm. so it was, you know, you, what was always helpful is people who are very great with giving you information because that makes the broadcast better, yeah. you know, and great for us on our end of right. things and trying to, you know, because we're the facilitators of the information mm-hmm. um, on the broadcast. At the end of the day, I'm covering the game, but I also want to be able to, like, present what's happening, you know, as clearly as possible. And that is great when you get great information from the teams and the the coaches and and the staffs. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned that you're with the Clippers. You've been doing their sideline reporting for a while there as well, based in L.A. now. Mm -hmm. I know you've come across the Pelicans over the years. Uh, I mean, who do you like better? You think the, the Pelicans are? Oh well, are I mean, I've been them? with the Clippers now for eleven <laughs> seasons, so obviously I'm I'm pretty biased. I love those guys, um, and you know it's funny because it's been eleven seasons with the Clippers, and it's also my eleventh season. It was 
um, my 11th season on NFL too. And the consistency, so on the Clippers side of things, the consistency with the fact that in 11 years, I think I've only not covered a playoff series twice. Like they've been, wow, yeah. yeah, they were, you know, they've last year, they, they were eliminated in the plan by the Pelicans speaking of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that I think was only the second time that I hadn't covered the playoffs um, with the Clippers. I mean, Pelicans are great. They've obviously got a fantastic coach in Willie Green, mm-hmm. who this is when you know you're getting old. Willie Green was a player with the Pelicans when I was here in New Orleans, and he was a <laughs> player on the Clippers my first year with the Clippers, and now he's a head coach. And I'm like, well, you know, and I say to Willie, I'm like, you were a Clippers player, and I was doing sideline, and now you're back as a head coach, yeah. and I'm still on the sideline. And I was like, all this means is that, one, you're a great uh, you know, great person and like great, you know, opportunity, but it really just means that I'm old. <laughs> no, it's actually amazing that you're still doing it well, and so it, that you've been in it for that long and you're still doing it. And that's it. when you're, cause the, the amount of guys who were players who are now coaching, I mean, there's yeah. some Clipper players who were now on like the Clippers staff, Mm -hmm. you know, like former players that I covered who now come back and they're like developmental coaches on the team the last couple years. And like their head coach, um, Teron Liu wasn't a player, but he was an assistant with the Clippers early Mm -hmm. um, with Doc Rivers before he went to Cleveland and won championship with Cleveland. And now he's back with the Clippers again, first as an assistant, now as a head coach. And uh, so that's the funny thing when like you kind of come full circle with like guys I covered as players who are now head coaches or assistant coaches with the team. And I'm just like, man, it's, and just even saying it's been 11 years, you know, that's why it's funny to me when I come back here and people remember me, I'm like, it was so long ago. <laughs> like I can't, but it's, it's just, it speaks to, um, just the amazing people here, yeah. like really genuinely. I just like, I love the city. I love the people. And, but I really, I mean, cause it's been 11 seasons for me. So it's, it was 2010, you know, when I was here. So it's so wild, 2010, 2011 ish. Um, so it's wild to, think now like that I've been covering both leagues for so long I'm thankful for the longevity that's what anybody wants in something that they do but more I've just been fortunate to um to do something that I love for this long like it's it's I mean it's silly but like it's great you know like I have the best job in the world and actually makes me think about a quote um I haven't talked to Desmond Ritter we haven't done our meetings with him yet but I was listening to his presser during the week and someone asked him, um, you know, like his reaction or something like that. And he was like, look, I don't know what you guys dream jobs were, but when someone tells you that you get to do your dream job, like, Mm -hmm. of course it's going to be, it's going to be amazing, you know? And he found out that he's going to get to be the starting quarterback for an NFL game. Um, And so that's what I feel like every day, Yeah, every single day. Like it doesn't get old. I love it. I truly love it. And I love this role. Like I love being around players, being around coaches, like getting information, talking guys. My favorite part of not just doing the game because the games are always fun and the games have been really competitive this year, but like talking to guys and 
like pregame warmups, you mm-hmm. know, like right before the game, just kind of like shooting the breeze and catching yeah. up. And that's like one of my favorite parts of game day. It's I always just say, like I'm that like, I, just, I like to know things. Like even yes. my friends, like I don't, I don't care one way or the as, other. I just like to know. Yeah. And like- as you know, like maybe 15% of all the conversations, Go the anywhere, homework, yeah. the research actually ever get on the air. Yep. Like you spend most of your time, you know, catching up, like chasing what's happening on the field. Um, But like a lot of times you'll talk to all these people. And then if, you know, if it doesn't present itself, you know, the moment in the broadcast that doesn't get in Mm -hmm. so much gets left on the cutting room floor, so to speak. Right. But like it's still fun. You never know what you're going to need. So you have to gather everything. You just want to know everything. So it's yeah, it's awesome. Well, I appreciate the time. It's been awesome talking to you. We love New Orleans. I'm glad that you feel the same. We're excited to have you on the broadcast this weekend. Enjoy the weekend here. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. And I, like I said, I'm the appreciation I have for everybody here. Um, it's 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 amazing. I truly love it. And it's always special when I get to come back. And it doesn't happen that often. It's my first one back here this year. Yeah. So, um, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you. Yay. Oh, I forgot to mention my other favorite part. Big thanks to Christina for joining me in studio today between coaches meetings and practice here at the facility. Don't forget to tune in to our pre and post game show Sunday. It's on NewOrleansSaints.com. You can find it on Twitter, YouTube, across all of our social media platforms. It starts at 11 o'clock, an hour before kick. We will break down the matchup with the Falcons, have some fun interviews with former Saints, current Saints players, and of course... We'll give a shout out to all of you in the black and gold that are coming to the game on Sunday. We'll have the post-game show afterwards, same places, NewOrleansSaints.com. The Saints have won seven of their last eight at home after a bye. So they're doing pretty well, especially here in the Superdome. So come out, be loud. Should be a fun atmosphere, division rival. I'll see you there. Thanks for tuning in today and go Saints. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.